I believe there's a revolution going on in how insurance is sold and serviced. I'm pleased today to be here with Mark Bredding. He is a partner at Strategy Meets Action. Welcome, Mark. Glad to be here, Josh. Awesome. Well, uh, Mark, I know you've got a lot of experience in the industry, uh, so maybe you could just start by telling folks a little bit about your background and how it led to your current partner role at Strategy Meets Action. Sure. Um, I, I'm just going to take this in three segments. So my, kind of my first career segment starting a long time ago was pure tech. I mean, I literally started out debugging mainframe operating systems and writing assembler code and things like that. Um, and then I moved into uh, a role with IBM where it was focused on insurance. So it was still around technology strategy and technology implementation, but worked for IBM for 25 years. And the last 15 years of those were global roles where I had strategy responsibility uh, for IBM's insurance uh, vertical. So I, I got the great privilege of working with many insurance companies around the world on their strategies. And then after I left IBM, uh, I was one of the original partners at Strategy Meets Action. Uh, so been there for 13 years now and uh, lead our research there and uh, work with many uh, insurers, MGAs and tech companies on their business and technology strategies. And then um, in December of 2020, we were acquired by Resource Pro, a global BPO firm that focuses on the PNC insurance industry. And so we're part of that family now and uh, still operating as Strategy Meets Action. You know, you mentioned research at Strategy Meets Action. So, you know, what sort of specifically are the services or the type of research you're you're providing and how does that support insurance innovation and the overall insure tech ecosystem yeah great question so um, we we do a wide variety of primary and secondary research we publish about 25 research reports a year and it's all specifically focused on PNC insurance in North America we look, you know, we take deep dives into segments like middle market uh, commercial lines or personal lines. Um, we look at business areas like claims or distribution. Um, and then we look at the, we do research on big themes like digital transformation, customer experience, uh, AI and transformational technologies and those, those kinds of things. So it really is the foundation of our business uh, at SMA. We use that. Uh, to support all of our customers and all of our activities with our customers. And so are, are the topics sort of driven by a regular dialogue with with those target companies and sort of the issues that they're telling you are on their mind, or are you guys more sort of trying to be ahead of the curve and give them recommendations on what they should be focused on? It's a little bit of both. So we have some standard research that we do every year that our clients look forward to and enable us to kind of track trends over time. Uh, so that so we have that foundational research that we're doing every year. But then we're also we're in the market. We're doing strategy with companies. So we're we're, we're watching the trends. 
I kind of think about it like the supermarket, you know, cereal shelf analogy where it's like you've got so many different cereals and now, you know, even within, you know, Cheerios, I think there's like 12 kinds of Cheerios now. So how, how do, you know, all these companies, whether they've got a suite of products or they're, you know, very niche focused, how do they kind of get this shelf space? You know, if you're talking about distribution, how do they get the shelf space to actually, um, you know, get their products sold when there's so many different options out there and in, 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 in terms of product sets, et cetera? Yeah, so this is why, uh, this is why there's going to be human intermediaries for a long time, right? There's some segments of the industry where there's going to be direct digital business, right, for, for simple products. You know, personal auto that that, that percentage is growing, uh, but but even there, right? Um, because it's about expertise and relationships. I still think that's at the heart of the business. Um, it, you know, it's it's about finding the right partners. So every carrier is trying to work through the best best their best paths to the market, right? They're trying to understand how do I reach my preferred segments, especially as we get more more, you know, finite in what those segments look like, right? Who are the partners that have a relationship or have a brand that is recognized in that segment that I should partner with? And then conversely, you know, distribution partners are doing the same thing. They may have a focus or an expertise in specific areas, and they're it's it's their relationships that they you know, Gee, I I know somebody at AIG or Cincinnati or whatever that has that that you know we should be partnering with them as our underwriting partner because they understand this business. So that's what I think maybe a little bit unique about the insurance industry uh, because although we're undergoing this great digital transformation of the business that's affecting all parts of the business, uh, it's not like some other industries where. Um, the intermediary is going to be gone, right? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of digital self-service. You know, there's certain areas where there may be no human involved, but we're going to have that whole cadre of of intermediaries with their expertise and their relationships uh, forever for for a long, long time in the industry. Are there particular skill sets these folks are going to have to have? I mean, is it going to be sort of that? ability to keep track of all the products that are out there and, and be the trusted advisor to guide people? Is it the ability to use the digital tools that are going to help them keep abreast of the market? Is it figuring out, you know, which clients can maybe be a little bit more self-serve and which ones, you know, can't handle being self-directed and need more hand-holding? You know, any insights on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to still have um, certain roles where they, they have to they have to be deep in that role, like actuarial, for instance, or, or underwriting. But but I, what I see more happening is the evolution of some new roles that support those individuals, right? So, you know, data scientists in underwriting that you know understand enough about underwriting, but they're they're really pure data scientists and they're partnered with an underwriter, for instance, right? Um, same thing in in claims, let's say, for instance, right? So I think there'll be some new roles, but I I, I think 
mo almost everyone really needs to have more um, relationship type skills and, and more relationship responsibilities. Is there, I, I know you work with a lot of boards and leadership teams. Are there, you know, and we're in a bit of an uncertain environment, um, you know, for certain certain markets that's been good for others. You know, there's parts of the country where you can't get coverages right now um, be, because of some uncertainty and other things like that or past history of losses and things like that. So are there are there any things in particular that, that, that you're observing that are keeping leadership teams and boards up at night right now? Well, I think there's a couple of things, right? T talent is one of them, right? Talent and culture kind of goes along with that. Um, we've had so many discussions uh, with senior leaders about maintaining the culture, evolving the culture, right? Because uh, the pandemic has changed everything, right? Um, the whole, uh, you know, the whole hybrid uh set of work models um, and as I was talking about earlier recruiting people from other industries from other geographies it's not just you know we draw a circle around our headquarters everybody comes into the headquarters building every day because they live close and so we that's how we maintain our culture we have certain mechanisms we use to to, to convey you know the cultural norms now it's a totally different environment so uh, shifting gears a little bit here. Um, so as a futurist, is there any prediction you've had along the way that you're most proud of where you felt like you really, really nailed it and it kind of came true? You know, at the, the early days of the internet, right? Let's say 1993, 94 timeframe, uh, when I was helping insurance companies understand what is the internet and the World Wide Web, and there's thing called a website that you need you should be looking at having there was a lot of discussion that emerged around disintermediation right that was the big word right this internet thing this is going to eliminate agents who's going to want to deal with an agent when you can just deal directly and i was saying back then i don't think that's true i think agents are going to have a role in insurance for a long long time to come so that would be the that would be one of the insurance predictions I guess that I've, I've made that uh, uh, that that would uh, you know has borne out. So I, I do want to loop back to predictions, but but I have one question. What, what what's your feeling? Sort of, you know, do tier ones have an advantage just because of the resources and everybody knocking on their door? Yeah, I think the tier ones have some advantages and disadvantages. They, as you mentioned, they they have they have the resources, they have the funding. Um, you know, they have the people, they have expertise, so that gives them an advantage. Uh, but they also have the, you know, the, the whole, you know, company politics and they have infrastructure to deal with and they have, you know, they just tend to be more slow moving in a lot of cases, right? So, um, so they have some advantages, disadvantages. I think a lot of the regionals um, are well positioned because they can move faster and they have enough resources that they can make investments that they can, you know, they've got smart people. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening with, with, you know, with the regionals, mid-sized type companies. All right. Well, um, appreciate your time. Before we wrap up, would you be willing to uh, make one or two predictions for 
what's coming forward for us uh, before we finish the conversation here? Yeah, so I'll make a prediction about autonomous vehicles because there's just there's been so much discussion around that, and it, obviously it has a huge impact on the on the industry, right? Um, so I don't believe we're going to be in a in a state where we have um, you know a high percentage of autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles. I'll add the EV into the equation as well. I don't think we're going to get there until the mid 2030s just because of the length of vehicle ownership and adoption patterns and, and many other factors. Great. Well, Mark Bredding, partner at Strategy Meets Action, really appreciate having you on. Thanks. It's been great. Appreciate it.